Now, I was uh, sitting beside uh, our brother John there in the, in the er- earlier meeting, and I said to John, John, I heard you preaching. And he said, did you? Where? And I said, I heard you preaching in Ireland. And he, he kind of looked at me, you know, with that look that says, but I've never been, been in Ireland. And uh, <laughs> I said, John, but I've heard you on the, I've heard you on the internet. Um, so, Brother John is an international preacher. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you see, it's a year since we have been here, folks, but um, we, we haven't been, you know, strangers in that time. We've been kind of keeping an eye on things and listening to the, to the messages and to the singing, and it's helped us to keep in touch with you all. And uh, it's just, just uh, it's lovely to do that, but, you know, it's better to be here in person. And uh, we're just, Anna and I, so, so glad just to be, um, to be with you again, again today. So if you have a Bible, we're, we're going to read this morning in the Gospel by, by Luke. It is the Gospel by Luke. And in chapter 24, <clears throat> the very last chapter of the book of Luke. <clears throat> These are familiar verses, but they're very, very precious. The Gospel by Luke, chapter 24, and commencing, please, to read at verse number 13. Luke 24, 13, And behold, two of them went that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem, about threescore furlongs. And they talked together of all the things which had happened, And it came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were holden that they should not know him. And he said unto them, What manner of communications are these that ye have one to another as ye walk and are sad? And one of them, whose name was Cleophas, answered, saying unto him, Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem? And knowest not, and hast not known the things which are come to pass there in these days. And he said unto them, What things? And they said unto him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and the rulers delivered him to be condemned to death, and have crucified him. But we trusted that it had been he that should have redeemed Israel. And beside all this, today is the third day since these things were done. Yea, and certain women also of our company made us astonished, which were early at the sepulchre. And when they found not his body, they came, saying that they had also seen a vision of angels, which said that he was alive. And certain of them which were with us went to the sepulchre and found it, even so as the woman had said, but him they saw not. Then he said unto them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. And they drew nigh unto the village where they went, and he made as though he would have gone further. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, 
for it is toward evening and the day is far spent. And he went in to tarry with them. And it came to pass, as they sat at meat with him, he took bread and blessed it and brake and gave to them. And their eyes were opened, and, he, and they knew him, and he vanished out of their sight. And they said one to another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us by the way and while he opened to us the Scriptures? We know the Lord will bless the reading, these lovely verses from his own precious word. Now, my little message this morning, um, I've been exercised because it's almost at the beginning of another, we're just a few days into another year. And I want to speak to you this morning about four pictures of the Lord Jesus from this lovely passage of Luke 24. Four pictures of the Lord Jesus. I want to present it to you in a way that you will very easily remember it. I want to speak to you first about Christ on the highway. Christ on the highway. There went two of them that same day traveling from Jerusalem down to Emmaus. And they met the Savior, Christ on the highway. And then I want to speak to you about Christ and the Holy Scriptures. Christ and the Holy Scriptures. How important it is that we give the Holy Scriptures their place in our lives. In these days when scriptural things and scriptural standards and scriptural principles are being set aside on every side. We love the Scriptures because they speak of Him. And at home we say, take Christ out of life. There's no satisfaction. Take Christ out of heaven and there's no song. And take Christ out of the Scriptures and there's no salvation. So I want to speak to you about Christ on the highway and Christ in the Holy Scriptures. And then I want to speak to you about Christ in the heart. Christ in the heart. Not in the head so much, but Christ in the heart. Because we want our hearts to be touched. We're staying just around the corner there in the little Hyatt House Hotel. And I was using, you know, their, their notebook just to scribble down a few notes for this morning. And I happened to look. You probably can't see it from the back, but, you know, on the little notebook it says, Bright ideas. Bright ideas. I said, Lord, I want more than bright ideas. Give me something for the heart that people will be touched and lives will be altered and affections might be warmed and strengthened for Christ. Christ in the heart. And then we want to finish in Christ in the home. Christ in the home. They constrained Him to come in. And I'm going to throw out a challenge at the end of our little service this morning because I hope that Christ is in every home. 
And I hope that Christ is in every heart. And if not, this would be a tremendous time at the beginning of the year to have Christ in our heart and Christ in our home and Christ in our lives as we make our way along the highway of life. Christ in the highway. You know, there are many things this morning, beloved friends, that make us different. We come from different countries. We have different circumstances in life. We come from different backgrounds. But there is one common thing that unites us all together this morning, one common thing that each of us have in common. And it's this, that every one of us this morning is on the highway of life. The highway of life. I don't know if you ever stop to think about it. Sometimes I do. To think of the seriousness that here we are, born into the world, and we're all on a journey. And I want to call it just this morning, this, this highway of life. And some of the young folks here this morning haven't long begun. Just a few years on the highway. And that's why we're always glad to see these young people here. I love them very much. There's something about young people whose lives can be touched and whose lives can be changed and they can be preserved from the excesses that are in the world. And then there's others of us today. And we're on the highway of life. And we've passed the halfway stage. Sometimes it's solemn to think that we're nearer to the end of the journey than we are to the beginning. And the most of life has passed us by. And we're all friends, every one of us today, are on the highway of life. But what a privilege it is, my friends, on the highway of life, to have met the blessed Saviour, we were so thankful, were we not, this morning as we took the bread and cup. And so thankful that we bowed our hearts to thank Him that everybody loved us so and went to Calvary's cross and suffered and bled and died on our account on Calvary's tree. We're thankful for the day we ever met Him on the highway of life. Do we not sing sometimes what a wonderful change in my life has been wrought since Jesus came into my heart. Thank God today for the day when we met him and he met us on the highway of life. Sometimes we sing, there's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. I tell you this, I wouldn't like to go through the highway of life without this friend. How do people out there meet the crises of the world and the crises of life without a Savior? I don't know. When illness comes and bereavement comes and family sorrows come and of no Savior, what a joy for our hearts that we have ever met Him and the change that He has brought. And sometimes I look upon the Christians 
And I look down into your face this morning, and here we are, healthy and well. And I wonder where we might all have been if we'd never met the Savior. Where would I have been? Some of the boys I went to school with have made shipwreck. Some of the men I worked with have been overcome. But because we have met the Savior on the highway of life, we've been preserved. And we're thankful that we ever met Him. But you know, friends, I want to tell you this morning, there are days we need to be honest with ourselves. And the preacher needs to be honest. I'm not standing up here because I'm free from failure. And I'm not standing up here because I'm perfect or anything like that. There are days in our lives when He seems very far away from us. There are days in our lives when we let Him down. There are days in our lives when we forget Him. And some days in my little bedroom at home, I bow my knee at the end of the day. And I'm like these disciples, the Lord said to them, what communications have you as you speak one to one another and are sad? And I have to say, Lord, Lord, I'm sad. I have been so busy today, I've forgotten you. I've been so careless today, I've left you out of my life. I haven't once thought that perhaps you could come today to the air and take me home to be with yourself. Lord, I'm sad. Forgive me for my straying, wayward, carnal heart. Are we not all like that today? In a company as big as this, there are hearts today that are sad. But I want to encourage us The devil would have us to look at ourselves. And the devil would have us to be discouraged. But I want to tell you, we might forget him, but he never forgets us. Listen to the Holy Scriptures. I will never leave thee. I will never thee forsake. Be discouraged, dear ones, this morning. We're full of faults. And we're full of failures. And no one knows them better than ourselves. But we have one, a friend, who sticketh closer than a brother. Christ on the highway of life. Christ in the Holy Scriptures. Beginning at all the prophets, He expounded unto them the things concerning Himself. You know, when we think about the Holy Scriptures, we think about the Bible, we thank God we have it in our own language that we can read it and we can understand it. We sing at home sometimes. We used to sing with the young people, I've got a wonderful treasure the gift of God without measure. We will travel together, my Bible and I. 
Now listen, friends, at the beginning of the year, I want to say something to really make you think as Christians. As Christians, we are losing the habit, the holy habit of daily reading our Bible. Christians in the United Kingdom at home and in Ireland at home, we used to be known as men of the book. But we have become so busy and sometimes it's just so careless. We forget to read this precious book. And I said here one time before, this book will keep me from sin. But sin will keep me from this book. We need to read the Bible. Somebody said to me, somebody says, what will we read? Where will we read? I want to encourage you this morning. I'm going to suggest to you, especially the young folks, I would like you to start reading in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John. You know, I think the Gospels are maybe being a wee bit forgotten in the present day. But the Gospels especially speak of Him. And I want to tell you why I think that we should maybe turn again to these lovely Gospels, these four pictures of the Lord Jesus, Matthew, Mark, and Luke and John. You know that when you read in the first book in the Bible, the book of Genesis, you know that there you have one book, you have one book about four men. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph. One whole book about four men. But you see, when you come to the Gospels, you have four books about one man, our Lord Jesus Christ. And they're all different. They're all different. I'm going to give you a wee bit of homework to do. Oh, none of us like homework. I certainly didn't. But I want you, when you come to read the gospel by Matthew, now Matthew, and I'm sure you've heard this before, Matthew is the gospel of the king. Chapter 2 of Matthew, where is he that is born king of the Jews? We're we not thinking of that in recent days. Matthew is the gospel of the king. It's the gospel of his majesty. There's something majestic about the king. There's something majestic about the sovereign. We have a, we have a Christian in a fellowship near us at home. And he's a wonderful photographer. Very skilled with photography. And you've probably heard of the queen's birthday honors. And she honors a number of people every day year on her birthday and they become OBEs and CBEs and all the rest. And this dear brother, he got a, he got a special award on the Queen's birthday because um, of his services to photography and tourism. And he told me, he said, I'm a din before the Queen to receive this award in all Her Majesty. And he said, she put that little award 
on my lapel. And then he said, she shook hands with me. But he said, it was a shake hands, he said, that I have never, ever experienced before. He said, you know what it was? It was not this kind of shake hands. It was a shake hands. Your time is up. Your time is up. Nothing more to be said. Nothing more. Nothing more to be done. It was a push. Time to be gone. You know, that man wasn't saved when that happened. And as the Queen of England, Her Majesty the Queen, pushed his hand away, in Buckingham Palace, in the city of London in England, that man said to himself, he said, I wonder if ever I will stand before the King of Kings in all His majesty and have Him hear Him say, Depart from me, I never knew you. Spoke to His heart. It was the very means of Him coming to Christ in repentance for salvation. And in Matthew's Gospel, you have something of His majesty. And here's your homework. When you read the Gospel by Matthew, which is the Gospel of the King, I want you to look in your homework when you're reading down the Gospel by Matthew, and I want you to look at the many times that you read about his head, the King's head, his head. You see, the one part of the body that's important for the, for the monarch is the head, because on the head is the crown. And so it's important in Matthew's Gospel to read about his head. And when you come to chapter 8 of, Mark, of Matthew's Gospel, Matthew 8, verse 20, you come across this lovely verse. And the Lord Jesus said, The foxes of holes, and the birds of the air of their nests, and the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. One day we went up to the Grand Canyon. What a majestic sight. Do you know the thing that struck me as I stood there just taking in the awesomeness of it, the beauty of it, and the awful depths down into the Grand Canyon? And everything was barren, absolutely barren, just rocks on every side. And there were these giant birds. I don't know if they were eagles or, or what kind of birds they were. I'm not an ornithologist. I don't know what kind of birds they were, but they were giant birds. And I thought to myself, in this barren, barren landscape just like this, even these birds have nests. These birds must have nests. And yet the blessed Lord Jesus, He came into the world that His own hands had made. And the foxes below the earth had their resting places. The birds above the air had their nests, their resting places. And the Son of Man hadn't where to lay His head. Will you look for His head in the Gospel by Matthew? It's touching Nowhere to lay his head. When you come to the gospel by Mark and the Holy Scriptures, you come to 
read about Mark. You know, Mark was the servant who failed, and he went home, and he left. He left Paul and Barnabas, and he went back. And you have the, the servant uh, who never failed, the servant who failed, writing about the servant who never failed. And so, the gospel by Mark is about the service of the Lord Jesus. It's not so much about his, his majesty, it's about his ministry. There are very, actually, few words of the Lord Jesus in Mark. It's more about his acts. And here's your homework. What's important about a servant? No one's too worried about a servant's head. A servant, you're all interested in his hands. The hands of the servant. And your homework as you read this lovely gospel by Mark is to look for his hands the hands of the servant in the gospel by Mark. Time and time again, you will read these words. You come to chapter 1, for instance, you remember the leper that came to him, and he said to him, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me whole. No, he didn't. He said, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. He was unclean. Nobody had touched him for years because of defilement. But the perfect servant that says, Jesus put forth his hand and touched him. And touched him. I want to tell you, friends, there never was a pair of hands as well used as the Savior's. Hands that healed. Hands that blessed. Hands that cuddled the little children on his knee. The hands of Christ he took a little girl one day that had died, and the Bible says in Mark chapter 5, it says he took her by the hand. In Mark chapter 8, the blind man, it says he took him by the hand. And in Mark chapter 9, the wee boy that was possessed with the demons, you know what it says? It says two things. It says it took him by the hand, and he lifted him up. And he lifted him up. I'm looking upon Christians this morning that have all been lifted because of the touch of the Master's hand. There's something about a touch. My dear late father was a preacher. And we had younger folks in the family and when he was going to speak somewhere to preach, he used to take me with him, chat to him in the car. And then he would introduce me when we went into the church, wherever it was. And he would put his hand on my head. And he would say, this is my boy. This is my son. I tell you, I cannot tell you who how honored I was, how honored I was not to be the preacher's son, but how honored I was just to be his son because he was my father. Something about a touch. And dear friends, this morning we've all been touched by the Master's hand. We've been lifted up. He has lifted us up out of the miry clay and set our feet upon the rock and has established our goings. We're thankful for a touch of the Master's hand 
So look, look in Mark for his head. Look in Mark for his hands. And our brother Dean this morning, I caught it in our first meeting, he mentioned from the gospel by Luke, the Son of Man, the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. In the gospel by Luke, it's not his, it's not his majesty. It's not his, his ministry. In the gospel by Luke, it's his manhood. He's the Son of Man. The Son of Man has come to seek and to save. The gospel by Luke is the gospel of his journeys. He's journeying. He's always journeying. He's going to Jerusalem. He's going to the Jordan. He's going to the wilderness. He's going to Calvary. He's always journeying. What is it in, in, in Luke? It's his feet. Look for his feet in the gospel by Luke. And in that lovely chapter in the upper room, what does he do? He stood in the midst of them and he showed unto them his hands and his feet. Loved ones, this morning, the disciples that day saw his feet as they had never seen them before. Feet that were spiked and marked by the nails of Calvary for you and me. You know, I thought about this recently because for years, trying to depict the cross I have always said that at Calvary's cross, when they took him down from the cross, they took the nails from his hands and the nails from his feet. You know what I have come to think recently? I have come to think it was the other way around. That they didn't actually take the nails. The nails were embedded. The nails were embedded in that Roman cross so deeply they couldn't take the nails. It wasn't the nails that they took from his hands, it was his hands and feet they took from the nails. The agonies of the cross for you and me. Look for his feet in the gospel by Luke. And we come to the gospel by John. Hands, feet, head. What's the gospel by John? <clears throat> John chapter 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. John is the gospel of the Son of God. John is the gospel of His deity. We cannot understand it, but it's the, it's the coming into the world of Christ, the Son of God. And you know, John is the gospel of his side. His side. Your homework is to look for the side of the Lord Jesus in the gospel by John. Look for his head in Matthew. Look for his hands in Mark. Look for his feet in Luke. And look for his side in the gospel by John. You remember the Bible says that John leaned upon his side. He leaned upon his side. And you remember in the Gospel by John again, whenever John is, is explaining that upper room when he appeared unto them after his resurrection, it says he showed unto them his hands and his feet. No, it says he showed unto them his hands and his side. 
his hands and his side. John is the gospel of his side. And you know, a dear man told me this one time. He said, you know, there's something precious about when the Lord Jesus showed them his side. I never forgot what he said to me. He said to me, you know, if you go to hospital and someone has had an operation and it's been maybe in the side, and you go as a kind of a friend, you know, but you don't know them too well, you know, they never really show you that side, you know, because it's kind of personal and it's kind of private and, you know, you're just a friend. But he said, you go to someone in the hospital and it's been a family, someone in the family. And they say, what about the operation? And, you know, they pull back the clothes and they say, there's the marks of the operation because you're family, you're family, you're close, you're near. I don't mind you seeing the wounds that I hide from others. Isn't it lovely that the Lord Jesus said to his own family, Behold my hands and my side. We're in his family today. We're in the close place to himself today. His head, his hands, his feet, his side. Is it any wonder that we sang this morning, See from his head and his hands and his feet, Sorrow and love flow mingled down. Did e'er such love and sorrow meet, Or thorns compose so rich? a crown. Will you do your homework and look for these lovely things, Christ in the Holy Scriptures? What about Christ in the heart? Christ, and that's where it all began. We used to believe with our head, but then there was that blessed day when we believed with our heart. Romans 10 and 9, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in thine heart, thou shalt be saved. We're thankful for that day we believe with our heart. You remember the African man, Acts chapter 8, wanted to be baptized and Philip said to him, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And we have believed with our heart. You know, I'm amazed these days at what's in people's minds. I looked up at that big moon last night. Did you see it? Full-orbed, majestic, magnificent moon. And I thought to myself, boy, the, the things that are in men's minds to be able to put men on the moon. But I'm not so much interested today in what's in men's minds. I'm just thankful that we have Christ in our heart. And it has changed our hearts. I want to tell you this about having Christ in the heart. It has given us a dignity that we never had before. It has given us a character that we never deserved. It has given us a, a, a touch in the world that others don't have. You know, one of my friends got saved at home and the first thing that changed was his language. And they used to get down for their tea every morning, you know, for the break in the, in the factory where he worked and they used to exchange their stories. And after a morning or two, he told me, one of the boys said, oh, Robert, 
Have you been to elocution? Have you taken elocution lessons? He said, no, why? He said, it's just that your language has changed. You don't say the things that you used to say. You kind of express yourself differently from the way you used to do. What has changed? He says, I'll tell you what has changed. Jesus has come into my heart. And we're so thankful, dear brethren and dear sisters, we're so thankful for the wonderful change that has come into our heart. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Now as we close, Christ in the highway Ah, Christ in the heart, Christ in, the, in, our, in, in our home. He made as though he would have gone further. But they said, abide with us. They constrained him to come in. Did you notice that they had to invite him to come in? He didn't come in. He didn't force his way in. Do you know that I was looking up the meaning of that word, they constrained him. Do you know what it, you know, you know what it means? Literally it means they took him by the arm. Abide with us. And they brought him into the home. What a change in our homes since the Lord has come in. There's a wee verse in, that I want to leave with you from Revelation chapter 3, verse 20, it says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and sup with him and he with me. Where is he? He's on the outside. He's on the outside. And here's a wee challenge as we come to the end of our service today. Can you hear the Savior knocking just outside the door? Can you hear him calling, calling? Has he knocked before? Raise and bid him enter in. Enter while he may. Can you hear him calling, calling? He's outside the door. Is he outside someone's door here today? Are you in the highway of life and you've never invited him in? Is he not in your heart? Is he not in your home? What a start. What a start to 2017. If you would swing the heart's door widely open and bid him enter while you may. Trust that the Lord will bless these four little pictures of the Lord Jesus Christ in the highway, Christ in the heart, Christ in the home. And there may be a blessing to all of our hearts today. <clears throat>